Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And uh, this is kind of a fun little topic and a fun uh, kind of way in. <laughs> fun way in the door. How do we get here today, KK? I'm going to tell you. So we're going to start by kind of talking a little bit about spelling bees. <laughs> and then I'm going to make my point because I think I'm going to call this sucker, can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? So when I was a little kid, I was a pretty good speller, you guys. Um, I loved to read. I loved words. I read books all the time. My mother was a reader. My sister liked to read. You know, there were books around. And um, English was, all, you know, my favorite subject. And I just remember as a little kid, uh, especially in the sixth grade, I, could, I have a vivid memory uh, of this, of standing against the wall in uh, Mrs. Carson's uh, sixth grade room at the Weatherby. <laughs> And we had, that year we learned a lot of cool shit. I don't know about you guys, but double A men hands, if it, the sixth grade seemed to be like a turning point for me, we learned all kinds of things, but I'll never forget having like a legit spelling bee like in that room. And I, um, I either won it or I was like second place runner up because there was another girl in the class who was wicked smart, <laughs> but there always comes that point in the spelling bee, right? And I get way too anxious. Like when I try to watch professional spelling bees, like those kids go at it like it's their profession, right? Like it is their livelihood. And I've seen shows on like kids who, I'll call it like do the circuit and how much studying they do. Like those are the kids that should probably go on to be on those shows, like where they ask all the questions like Jeopardy or whatever it is, <laughs> because it is legit. Like their parents like put them through the ringer and they sit down with their stacks of books and they do the whole thing. But one of the things that happens when there's a spelling bee is the judges, right? They sit there at their table and they will basically like say the word. And what the contestant can do is they will um, say the word out loud, they'll spell the word, and then they say the word again. And sometimes if they're just trying to buy time, but really the other reason why they ask this question, sometimes just to buy a little time. And so they can spell it out and stuff like that. They might ask, you know, can you use it in a sentence? But really most of the time I I've come to understand, I could be wrong, a professional spelling bee people, feel free to correct me. <laughs> but a lot of times what they're doing is they're trying to figure out like, what's the right word I'm trying to spell, right? I need more information. So they'll say, can you use it in a sentence? Because there's a difference between the word, the weather outside was sunny versus whether or not you're going to do it, right? So we get some context. We get a little more knowledge and a little more know-how so that when we go to open our big mouths, we know what the fuck we're talking about, right? 
And so it got me to thinking about people, not little kids and spelling bees, but this was the jumping off point for me. And this is how my mind works. You know, sometimes people will ask me, do you ever just like not run out of things to talk about? And I'm like, no, I have days sometimes where I'm not in the mood to talk about a particular subject. But guys, I, I got like plenty of ideas that I just kind of, sometimes something comes in hot from the spiritual team and I'm like, okay, spiritual team on the job. This is what we're talking about today. But this one kind of snuck up on me a little bit. And I started putting the pieces together, but it kept centering around this concept. Can you use it in a sentence? And let me, let me tell you why I thought of this and why this was coming up. So I see it in a lot, lot of different ways. So I'm going to talk about it first personally, like up close, and then I'll talk about it. I'll pan out and do a little more kind of universal application of what I often see um, at events or online, social media, et cetera. So a lot of times in a one-to-one -one spiritual mentoring situation, or even in the nest, right? My, the nest is my spiritual membership and my community. And so I do a lot of coaching in those and talking and listening. I do a lot of listening. So those of you who are teachers or coaches or speakers or parents or any time when you're in a position where you're the one delivering information and then you have an audience and it could be an audience of one, it could be your toddler <laughs> and you saying, don't do that. Don't hit your brother. Don't stick your finger in the socket, right? And then you look at them like, do you understand? Do you understand what mommy is saying? Do you understand what daddy is saying, right? And it's also when we're as adults, like delivering information or for me, spiritual concepts or modules from the spiritual toolkit. And I'm saying like, hey, I share something. I try to quote unquote, my version of using it in a sentence, like whatever. And a lot of times you'll say to people, um, the question I see people use the most and the, the habit that I'm trying to break is asking the question, does this make sense? That's not usually the best question to ask. Um, and there's a reason why. But a lot of times when we impart information on people and they're looking at us, we can usually tell by the look on their face, their body language and their eyes, especially if they're actually picking up what we're putting down. Right. So when you're the one who is delivering information, part of being a clear and concise and uh, connective, like making a good connection communicator is to make sure that they're actually understanding what you say. And a lot of times people do not want to look stupid. They don't want to look like they're dumb or that they're the only in the room that one in the room that doesn't understand or they're the only one that doesn't get it. So they won't raise their hand. They won't ask questions. They won't ever say, can you please use it in a sentence, right? I'm, I've become that person. I used to be really afraid to like make mistakes. And uh, I was told I was stupid a lot as a kid sometimes or like there was a lot of impatience in my childhood. And so I had a lot of fear, right? And so I was very hesitant to try sometimes like do new things, learn new things. Like I would make myself do things that scared me, but it was not super comfy at all. So now as I'm older and I kind of communicate for a living, right? I always say like, I'm a storyteller, I'm a communicator. When I ask that question, when I'm trying to understand, does my audience understand what I'm saying? Like, could they take this thing and then go out and apply it? Have I, have I been concise enough and clear enough and, and made it practical enough that they can take this, this idea, this thought, this concept and start to put it to work in their life? But a lot of times in the beginning when you're teaching and you say to somebody, is that clear? Um, 
tell me your thoughts about it or whatever. A lot of times people, if you say, if you just ask the question, here's why does this make sense is not a very good question. It's not that it's a bad question, like you're a bad person for asking it. It's just not going to give you actually really accurate feedback. Because um, if you put most adults in that situation, after you've been talking to them and explaining something to them, and you say, does that make sense? Almost nobody is going to raise their hand and go, no, <laughs> because nobody wants to be the person in the room that doesn't get it. So first of all, as a communicator, I, I kind of put that on myself and try to find a better way. So a lot of times you might notice, if any of you notice my teaching style, what I do, I'll come at it from a couple of different angles. I kind of take like the kaleidoscope approach, right? Like if I turn it just a little bit this way, maybe that will make more sense. So the impetus is on me. I put it on myself to try and be a thing. But I can usually tell before I've even asked the question just by the look on their face, their body language, whatever, whether they're resisting the information, like they don't want to hear it. They don't want what I'm saying to be true. They don't grasp it. Um, they think it doesn't apply to them, whatever. People's body language face, whatever, um, is giving you a lot of information if you pay close enough attention. So if I were to teach somebody something and then I say to them, how might you use this in your own life? How might this apply to your own situation? What might you do with this thing? That's way better than just going, does this make sense? That's my version as a spiritual mentor sometimes of like, uh, can you use it in a sentence? So in our personal lives, you guys, when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to your students, when you're talking to anybody who's about to like, let's say you have a skill set like you rock climb or you go bungee jumping or you know how to do something mechanical on your motorcycle or fix your bike or whatever the thing is, anytime you are in the role of teaching, your job is to understand first and foremost, like I'm going a little off topic here, but like how your student actually learns. Are they visual learners, auditory learners, kinetic learners, right? How can you help them to grasp it the most? But a lot of times people will say, just so you know, that they get it or that they know it. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening, right? That they know it without actually really having any knowledge of it at all. They've heard it. They maybe could repeat what you just said. They could regurgitate it and parrot it, but they haven't received it, okay? So one of those things, like the, the adult version of can you use it in a sentence, is helping people to reflect back to you what you just taught and that they can actually tell you how it might work, apply, make sense, fix their problem. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what business you're in or what your company does or what you do as a manager or what product you sell or program you offer or whatever. But even as a parent, trust me, you've been sold by your kids and you are constantly selling them. You sell them on vegetables, you sell them on bedtime, right? Like you try to impart wisdom and knowledge all the time. And there's a difference between you saying it and them grasping it and being able to put that shit to work in their own life, which leads me to the second part of this whole thing. So when I go back to the first thing where I said a lot of times people don't want to say that they don't know, so they just nod their head. And it's kind of like the same version of, I've often said that like, um, you know, people, there's a difference. Like sometimes people just smile with their mouths, but not their eyes, right? The eyes will often tell you a lot of things. 
And so um, it's like they're saying one thing, they're saying one thing with their mouth, but their face is like giving them away, right? A totally different thing. But I kind of see a version of this in the entrepreneurial world, in the coaching world, in like the information world, right? Um, where people will often say that they know a thing and then try to go and start teaching a thing when they have no business doing it because they can't in, in this scenario, as I would say, air quotes, they could not put that shit in a sentence. So let me give you an example. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in an event or been around a bunch of coaches or people who are in the similar, you know, arena as me. Um, and somebody on stage is like saying something, there's a teacher teaching, you know, doing a workshop and people are like, will be like, Ooh, that's good. Like they hear something they like, and they're like, Ooh, that's good. I can use that. And they like put it down or they read a friggin' book, right? They go they take a weekend seminar or they read a book and they think, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, if you already have the professional chops, right? I'm not saying that's bad, quote unquote, always bad. There are going to be times when you already have concepts that you've been working with or working on or tools in your toolkit or like whatever. And then somebody just highlights something and you're like, oh yes, right? I saw it when I was in my training. I did these two 10-week trainings with Linda Tai. If you have not listened to that episode, uh, Our Bodies Hold Our Stories, um, you know, with Linda Tai, who is a somatic therapist and a trauma uh, therapist and expert, a yoga teacher. She's many things. She's a storyteller. She's a community builder. Um, she's brilliant. She's brilliant. And when I was in those two uh, 10 week classes uh, on trauma, um, one of the things I noticed is that there were often times when she would be speaking a language. Um, she would be talking about trauma, its effects, recognizing it, uh, things you can do with your clients. And most of the people on those calls were therapists themselves, professionals. So her language, when she would use it, she would say it and they would all nod their heads. And I could see that they actually understood what she was talking about, right? You could just see it. They're like, oh yeah. And then they would write something in the comment section. Um, and I'd be like, okay, these people clearly know what she's talking about. And there were several times in those calls when I was like, yeah, this right here, this section right here, that's beyond me because I'm not a trained psychotherapist. I am a spiritual mentor. And while I um, have a pretty you know, good grasp of a lot of things, there are just certain areas that like I did not go for school for. We did not use the EM, you know, the EMDR things or no, the, the, like the, the SMD, ESMDR, whatever, all those, you know, psycho tests that you can get, psychological tests you can give to people and stuff like that. So there's just a, um, a language, right. That therapists use with each other. And I could see those of us on the call because we were on a zoom call and I would keep it on the screen where I could see a bunch of people at once and not just Linda. And you could see the people who totally got what she was talking about and those who didn't. But I would be not only remiss, but dangerous if I tried to take something that she said or shared and tried to stop putting it to work in my own life and with my own clients without having full capacity and understanding of what the fuck she was talking about. At that point, you know just enough to be dangerous. So I took a lot of notes during those calls. And when she would say, does anybody have any questions? I would sometimes ask questions. I asked a lot of questions like in the chat box. 
because there were times when I was like, I don't know what exactly what this means. I needed things to be clarified. I needed things to be spelled out for me. And I'm not afraid anymore to ask a thousand questions. One, I'm wicked curious, but two, I can't take action until I fully kind of understand. I can't actually apply things in an effective way until I actually know what's going on. So if I can't quote unquote, use it in a sentence, right? If I don't know, like there have been times when I've used a word or I go to use a word and I do this all the time. You know, I'll sometimes be talking to people who have like bigger vocabularies than me and they'll use a word. And to my, to my, I mean, I think it's really kind uh, to my own credit. They perceive me. <laughs> I don't know if I can take credit for it. I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but in their kindness of how they view me, I think they think I'm smart enough to know what that word is. But I'm not afraid to go, wait, I don't, can you, what does that mean? What you just said? I don't know that word. Because I'm more interested in understanding than looking smart. And one of the things that I see a lot of, again, in the entrepreneurial space, in the online world, in the coaching world, on, on social media, is that people will listen just enough or we'll hear just enough, or we'll borrow or steal or whatever, concepts, ideas, words, theories. Um, and then they try to turn around and use it right away. And it's actually not very helpful and it's actually kind of dangerous. And, and I've seen it so much as a student of A Course in Miracles, right? I've been a student of A Course in Miracles for a wicked long time. I'm just looking around the book, the book's over there. I'm not gonna go grab it. But um, uh, I've been a student of Course in Miracles for a wicked long time. And what I often see is when people first come, they, they come to be a student of the course, they start reading it, they start doing the daily lessons, um, they get really excited and really exuberant and they immediately try to start sharing or teaching the concept or using the words like, you know, choose love over fear, like in all these things. And I'm like, oh, they're just, they know just enough to be dangerous. They don't really know what they're talking about. They're trying to use it in a sentence without actually having the full concept of what is really being said. And the thing that's fascinating about A Course in Miracles, it's not just about like the sentence that's been written or the word, it's all the other things, all the other sentences and words around that, that help you to kind of understand what's really being said in that book. And so often people like, well, just extract the sentence out and then try to use it in the way that they think that it was meant and they're totally off base. And this isn't me like making other people feel shitty or bad about that. I'm just saying there's a lot more to um, knowledge. They're like so often people will say, you know, um, like, let's say, I'll give you an example. Like, let's say I had a new client and I see them struggling with something in particular. And I mention a book, right? I hold up a book and I go, yeah. And they're like, oh, I know. I read that. <laughs> so here's the thing. Let's imagine that this book is about something that they are currently experiencing, doing, and suffering from in their own life. And I hold up the book as a potential resource, right? To help them, to help them to heal, to grow, to understand what they're doing, to make better choices, right? And I hold it up and they go, oh, I know. I read that. And I always will stop them and say, no, you don't know. You may have read the book, but you don't know. Because if you knew, you would actually be applying it and living it. There's a difference between knowing like intellectually, I'm tapping my head, right? Can you hear that, my thick skull? There's a difference between knowing, oh, quote unquote, I know. I've been exposed to, I know. 
versus now I'm tapping my chest, like, uh, like, uh, my, I know. And there's that old saying, you guys have possibly heard me say it before on a podcast, to know and not yet do is to not know. So there's a difference between knowing the mind and actuating, living it. There's a difference between theory, knowing, and application, putting it into practice. There's a difference between thought, thinking it, I quote unquote, know it, and action. So it's not enough to just quote unquote, know things. It's like, can you use it in a fucking sentence? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, one of my teachers, one of my membership, um, the, the king of memberships, as we sometimes call him, Stu McLaren, he uses this really great example. Um, and I love it. And I think it's so smart. And you'll know exactly what I mean as soon as you hear it. He'll say, you know, I can read all the books that I want to on swimming. <laughs> I can read like four, five, six, seven, whatever books on professional swimming, how to swim fast, how to turn at the end of the pool, swimming, 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 read all the books. I can know, tapping my head again, a lot about swimming. Doesn't mean I can get in the pool and swim. And this is what I see a lot of. And I bring it up because I think we have to be self, uh, you know, checking ourselves. We have to keep a good eye on ourselves and notice the tendency to want to appear smart, to want to appear like I know, to want to appear like, oh, I can just take that principle that I just heard for the fucking first time and it sounded fancy. And I, I see people trying to regurgitate and parrot, and I've talked about this before, hanging a shingle before they're ready knowing just enough to be dangerous. And the reason why it's so important to be in an integrity around this concept of can use it in a sentence is because we can really hurt other people. We can actually harm people. If we are putting ourselves out there as somebody who knows how to deal with help, fix, help to uh, heal, help to direct, help to whatever, when we're really not qualified to do it, when we really have sometimes no business doing it. The way that we learn to quote unquote, use it in a sentence is we practice it. We apply it. We fall down. We make mistakes. We learn from it. We get back up. But we have to be in integrity to know, oh, I actually don't know this thing. And when somebody says to you, do you understand? Does that make sense? Even though that's not the greatest question to ask. Um, you know, that, that, that we um, answer honestly. No, I don't quite know that. No, I'm not going to borrow that phrase or steal that idea or whatever and try to put it to work on my own thing because it's not going to work. I mean, just that's not going to work for you. And it's definitely probably not going to work for your customers or your clients or your students or the people you're trying to supposedly serve. It doesn't serve anybody for us to try to appear fucking smarter than we actually are, right? It doesn't help anybody to try and be smarter than we actually are. And so much of that is the desire of the ego to appear a particular way. The ego loves to make us special. Holy Jesus, does the ego love to make us special. And it will try to make you special by being superior and better than, 
to appear a particular way or it will try to make us special and how shitty we are and how broken and poor us and blah, 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 right? Neither one of those are really great options. It's actually so empowering. Somebody says, can you use that in a sentence? I'm like, no, but can you use it in a sentence? Because then maybe I'll be able to understand better. If we can show up with a little bit more vulnerability, if we can show up and say, I need help with that. If we're being really honest of the level of our education, and I'm not talking about school, first, second, third, fourth, college, master's degree, I'm, but I'm talking about the true education of us being able to think on a thing, speak on a thing, apply a thing, put it in a sentence, be, actually be able to be helpful versus trying to like rush the process. And you know, it's, it's a curious, it's a curious and sometimes wicked strange thing being a spiritual mentor. And I saw it as a yoga teacher and stuff too. And I'm sure anybody of any kind of caliber in their field, any kind of level of expertise or knowledge or wisdom or whatever, right? In their field. Like I've seen, I've seen professional writers, like people who like are true blue real authors, like, you know, bestsellers, New York Times bestseller, like at a book signing. And other people come up and try to start like talking, like some, some, like, it's not that they're not also writers, but I often see this battle where the ego wants to project and be seen in a particular way when sometimes it's like, you're not there yet. Your skill set, your craft, your level, like whatever, like it would be like a white belt trying to tell a black belt. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> It's like, no, you don't know. And just be okay with the fact that you don't know, that you can't use it in a sentence yet. Part of the fun is the journey of getting to understand and to learn and to discover and to find out and to be able to put your own spin on it, that you know it so well that you can now actually, you know, be helpful to people. And you can say, hey, this is how I applied this concept in my own life. You have your own stories to tell about it. Rather than just trying to act as if I know. And so let me circle back to my point. So as a, and we're back. As a spiritual mentor, um, a lot of times people, you know, they waste a lot of time with me in the beginning trying to appear wicked spiritual, whatever the fuck that even means. I'm like, what does that even mean, right? Um, we are spirit. We're all spiritual. If you're, if you're here, you are a spirit having a human experience. You are spiritual, but we spend so much time with the ego trying to prove it. And so in the beginning, right, people don't want to let you know that they're suffering or they don't get it or they don't understand or they didn't, you know, and a lot of times they'll be like, oh yeah, I read that book. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know is like one of the biggest cock blocks to true knowledge. I'm just, it just is. You, you cannot pour into a cup that already uh, thinks it's full. And I always say, it, it's really hard. I always say it's, uh, it's really hard to be full of God <laughs> when you're already so full of shit. <laughs> man, get a little punchy up here, but here's the deal, you guys, you know, so being a spiritual mentor and, you know, when I first started, I did not have a membership. I only worked with people one-to-one. -one. 
And so the powerful thing about that is I really got to know how people operate, what their MO, right? their modus operandi. Like I get to know what people's MO, are, like their patterns, uh, the ways that they sabotage themselves, the way that they think. So I start to understand their stories, where they came from, because then it helps me to understand, oh, this is what's probably going on right here, right? I pay wicked close attention and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And I can tell again in those one-to-one sessions, oh, I can see that this isn't actually landing. They're not picking this up or they're not ready for this yet. They don't want this. They don't, they're not ready to make this change yet. Even though their words are saying, I'm ready. If you're a coach, I know you can double amen hands. How many times there have been people who have said, yeah, I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to do the transformational and personal work. I'm ready to change. And they're really not, they want to be, but most people, I'm not going to say most, I'm not going to say most, a lot of people, they want to have, they want to be able to actually keep doing the same shit, but have a different result. (laughs) They're not actually really interested Um, subconsciously. It's often not even conscious. We think we want to change. It's like when people say, oh, I really, I really do. I want to get in shape. I want to get more muscular. I want to take better care of my body. But then they keep doing, um, you know, the same things that they've been doing that did not get them the results they wanted in the first place. And so the beauty of getting to work with people so intimately in one-to-one whether it's through, uh, you know, my six month program or my uh, day of Voxa, my hot to hot days, is that I can spend a little time like going deep with people and, and getting to understand those patterns and, and how, you know, the intellectual pull of I know, which again is often a great big cock block to true knowledge. Because to know and to not yet do is, is to not know. So, One of the things I love the most about the nest, my spiritual membership and community, and one of the reasons why I created the space, there's a lot of reasons why. And over time, I'll continue to tell you about it because I think it's important. I think those kind of communities are needed right now. Uh, Not saying I'm so special. I'm just saying I've paid attention long enough that I've seen we need those kind of safe spaces right now for people to come together. But one of the hot beats of it is that it's not a program that like ends, like a course eventually ends. A mentoring program usually eventually ends, but with the nest, it's ongoing. And the reason why that's so important is I'm meeting, sometimes people come into the nest that I've never met before. I didn't get to spend all that one-to-one time with them. I can't like on the spot go like, oh yeah, here's the thing. They're doing the thing, right? So in the NAS, it gives me some time to kind of start to, you know, get to know people through all the coaching calls and what's being posted in the group and through the modules and all this stuff, the discussions and the, uh, it's amazing, but it's an ongoing opportunity to implement and to integrate, which is my version of, can you now use it in a sentence? And this is how I know people can use it in a sentence because I'll see the results that they're fucking getting. I will see the way that their language changes. I'll see that they start to use their voice and they speak up. I'll see that they're making different choices in their lives. I'll see that their relationships are improving. I'll see that they're a little bit happier, more at peace. I'll see the way that they talk about themselves and others. I'll see the way that they're choosing love more than they're choosing fear. They're making that journey from their story to their glory. They are able to take these concepts, these spiritual principles, and apply them to their everyday life. 
And that is miraculous. Like that to me is the magic of being able to use things in a sentence because then you actually start to see the value of the damn thing. You get to see it, it work in your own life. I call it getting proof of life. You get to see your own results. You get to see your own transformation. Because if we can't implement and integrate, if we just want to keep it all up in our head in the knowledge thing and not drop down into the hat and into our hands and then out into the world, if we can't live it, then we don't know it yet. And it takes time. We're such an impatient society. Jesus Christ, come on and load. I'm like, it's only been two seconds. <laughs> We're so impatient. We want things now, right now. Answer me, text me back, get the order, do the thing, make it happen now, 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 now. It's like, guys, it takes time to become more skilled, more masterful, more awakened, more aware, more mindful. But we're in such a rush to appear a particular way sometimes. We're in such a rush to just get the damn thing. It's like people who don't want to follow instructions sometimes. They're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up spending way more time having to break the thing down because they did it wrong because they didn't want to take the time to truly gain the knowledge. You ever just see people talking and they're throwing around words and you're like, they have no idea what they're talking about. They're trying to look a particular way. So they have the words, they have the lingo. I see that all the time where people have the lingo. They know the words because they heard somebody else say it or they just come right out and copy them, blatantly steal their shit. That runs rampant. Hello, coaching world, online world, entrepreneurialism. We just see stuff being regurgitating all the time. But you can tell when somebody knows their shit. You can tell when somebody is the real deal, holy field. You can tell when they're a true blue, actually, this is somebody that I can trust because they've done their own damn work and they asked all the questions and they went to the seminars and they read the books and they watched the videos and they put it into practice and they failed and they experimented and they learned and they have now their own system. I have my own process, the you store to your glory process. So this is an invitation for all of us. Those places, you know, part of the reason why so many people feel like they're going to be uh, that imposter syndrome or they're going to be a fraud is, well, then stop acting fraudulent. Own what you own, know what you know, say this is, say I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to try to find out. I'm going to try to learn that. If we just stop trying to appear, again, smarter than we actually are. And that's a great thing. You know, with spelling bees, it's like either you know the word or you don't. <laughs> if you can't spell it, you can't spell it. I know sometimes those kids, those poor kids, oh my God, the pressure. I get anxious. Again, I just got anxious. I just was like, oh God, just even thinking about it. So just think about that the next time when we try to, you know, put on our smarty pants and we try to look better uh, in a particular department than we really are. It's like, can we just have some humility, a little humbleness and just be able to say, because here's the thing, you guys, you're still totally lovable. Even if you're not Encyclopedia Brown, 
even if you're not a walking Wikipedia, even if you're not the Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> I think those are the ones when we were kids. You don't have to be a walking dictionary. You don't have to. That's why we're all here to help each other. You have skill sets I don't have. You know things that I don't know. I can learn from you. I might know a few things that you don't know. You can learn from me. But if we're all like hustling to trying to be in that jockeying, to be in that position of power, to be the best, to be the whatever, to burp, 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 burp. It just becomes ridiculous. It becomes ridiculous at some point. So how about we just get a little more comfortable? Like, oh, as I always say, own your brilliance. Yeah, I know that. I can talk about that for 30 minutes. I can come into your group and be a guest teacher. That's my area specialty, spirituality and storytelling, loving people, blah, blah, blah. That's my jam. That's my thing. Yes, let's do it. But know your lane. Don't be afraid to say, oh yeah, I'm not a good fit for that. But you know what? My friend so-and-so really is. You know who you should talk to about that? Or don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid to raise your hand and ask the question and don't be afraid to raise your hand and say, I don't know. Can you help me to learn so that I can use this in a sentence? So that we can actually show that we know what the fuck we're talking about because it really matters sometimes. <laughs> it really matters most of the time. So that's my invitation, you guys, right? to allow ourselves to be, uh, to understand that we are always, always perfect children of God. Like who we are, like who we truly are and to who we tru truly belong. Mm. Perfection, light of the world shit, light of the world. But our ego personalities could use a little work. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to go, yeah, I don't know. So remember, it's not just about knowing. It's about being able to actuate the thing. It's not just about theory. It's about application. It's not just about the thoughts. It's about the action. It's about moving, taking that journey without distance, as A Course in Miracles says, from the head to the heart. I always say, let it move from the heavens to your head to your heart and then out into the world through your hands to your other human friends, your other human beings. That's the journey. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been helpful to you in some way. And I hope that if you have any interest at all in uh, ever working one-to-one, -one, that you'll reach out. Just go to karenkenny.com uh, slash work with me. <laughs> and if you're interested in the nest, here's a little secret squirrel tip. The nest is gonna be opening up officially again in September. Uh, and the price is going up. So before that, I'll probably do a little secret squirrel uh, flash sale to the people who are on the waiting list. Um, if you've been thinking about it, contemplating, if you felt called to it, if you're curious about it, if you're like, KK, I think I want to do this. You guys, I have the most amazing community. These people are so beautiful and friendly and caring and loving, and they're doing the damn work. And they show up on the calls and they show up in the group and they support one another. And it's a great way if you've been trying to work through some stuff in your own life to be able to install those internal stabilizers so that as you move through the world, um, that you can um, be in a place of more happiness and peace 
that you don't get taken out at the knees as much. You don't let the traumas and dramas of your life run the show. You're able to quiet the inner critical voice. Then the nest might be a perfect fit for you, a place where you belong. And, and that's one of the things that I love about the nest is we get to grow together. We get to integrate and implement so that we can use these spiritual things in a sentence. We see it at work in our life. And that, my friends, is uh, just karenkenny.com slash nest. Come check it out if it piques your curiosity, if it calls to your heart in any way. So once again, you guys, thank you so much for being a part of the Karen Kenny Show. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, I haven't even checked in a long time, but I think we've easily, we're on our way to like 100,000, um, you know, listeners. I think we're somewhere in the, we passed 50. I stopped looking. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look at a few more weeks, see where we're at. But here's what I know that the show is getting listened to and that makes my heart so happy and I couldn't do it without you guys. So I appreciate you again. I celebrate you. I love you. And wherever you go, and I say this every time, you guys, because I really mean it. And I hope you actually listen to this and you don't just blow it off. And I know some of you do. It's like, eh, she's going to say the thing, and eh, she always says. But I really mean it. Repetition is the mother of all learning. Repetition in this listening is how we come to know and use it in a sentence. Wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, Keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>